102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 534. And Aerosmith with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It is uh, going to be uh, sunny with a high of 49. Tomorrow, more rain with a high of 44. It's 39 right now in downtown Springfield. You know, if you're like me, you like kicking ass. And uh, today, we'll give away another pair of kick-ass Iron Maiden tickets. They're coming to uh, the DCU Center on uh, November 6th for their Future Past Tour. They are uh, wildly popular. Oh, Jesus. Are you kidding me? Iron Maiden? Mm-hmm. Please. Also popular, uh, Judy Matt from the Spirit of Springfield. She's going to be here today. Uh, they got a brand new uh, 9-11 memorial book of the 9 uh, memorial down at the riverfront. Yeah. Whole book about its history. It's actually pretty interesting, and we'll be talking to her later on today. Well, I'll be looking forward to hearing about that. So there's that. Maybe some other stuff, too. 535 and Rock 102. Do big-name dealerships have your back? No. Does Marcotte Ford and Holyoke? Yes. Why? Because they're a community-based Ford dealership that cares. And you'll see why when you walk through the door. Have a seat in the Lugnuts Cafe and discuss your dream with a member of the Marcotte team. You'll hear everything you want, selection, service, which means the start of a relationship with peace of mind for the life of your vehicle. Marcotte thanks the community for having their back, and they're ready to have yours. Marcotte Ford, 1025 Main Street, Holyoke. Rock 102 Springfield's yeah. Classic Rock. Just let her rip, Steve. Just let well, her rip. You know, well, most of the time, you don't even put the, the, the button up or the little lever. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I'm coughing, and I'm like, I'm trying to clear my throat. Let me clear my throat. Listen, it's 551 with Bax and Nagel at Rock 102. I forgot to mention that if you're going to be listening to the podcast today, mm-hmm. brought to you by Marcotte Ford, they got your back for sales, service, parts, and rentals. Marcotte Ford in Holyoke. All right, let's do it. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Matthew Perry's Friends co-stars released a joint statement yesterday. Here's what they said. We are also utterly devastated by the loss of Matthew. We were more than just castmates. We are a family. There is so much to say, but right now we're going to take a moment to grieve and process this unfathomable loss. What's that word? Unfathomable. 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 Try it again. Unfathomable. There you go. That was close. Uh, in time, we will say more as we, uh, as and when we are able. For now, our thoughts and our love are with Matthew's family, his friends, and everyone who loved him around the world. The message was signed by Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, Lisa Kudrow, Matt LeBlanc, and David Schwimmer. How come uh, Matthew Perry didn't sign it? Because he couldn't. All right. I guess. Schwimmer was you're, spotted. In you're the- right. That showed a great deal of uh, a lack of foresight on his part. Schwimmer was spotted in Manhattan yesterday, but he was trying to hide his identity with a baseball hat and a face mask. I, I'm pretty sure that he wanted somebody to know that he was walking around. Look at me. I'm, I'm grieving. I'm going to put my hat down over my eyes. You, you've been known to be a, one of the most popular TV shows of the last... Uh, 30-some-odd years. Yeah. How are you going to conceal your identity with a hat? I don't know. He's well, on the other hand, uh, Clark Kent was able to conceal his identity with just a pair of glasses. Which is weird. You think uh, she would, Lois would have found out like a long time ago. You know, I've seen you in glasses. I know. You look, for the most part, the exact same as you do I know. without them. 
Well, except they just have glasses on. Well, that's it. Right. Right. Well, it's suspensive disbelief, Bax. Uh, you can believe that a newspaper reporter, a geeky newspaper reporter, may in fact uh, be a giant superhero. You know, no, but, but, but no context awareness at all? Like it, it never occurred to anybody that Clark Kent looks remarkably like Superman? I don't think anybody really cares. Maybe, Man, maybe, maybe about- they all just know. Maybe it's like, all right. Maybe super. Maybe Clark Kent is really like this just nerdy guy. But they're all happy that he saves yeah. the world, but they're just letting him do it. So people already know that he's he's Clark Kent. How did you not know? Dude, dude, you look exactly like him. All you did was put glasses and a hat on. <laughs> That's it. You're yeah. not wearing your cape. Uh, new details emerged yesterday on the death of Matthew Perry. The L.A. Times says Matthew was discovered underwater in his hot tub, hot tub by a bystander, whatever that means, who then called 911. By the time help arrived, the bystander had repositioned Matthew with his head out of the water, but he was already dead. I heard it was an assistant, not just a bystander. It's, like, well, yeah, it's not like someone just standing by the hot tub. Well, different reports come out from different things until you piece it all together and find out what really happened. Maybe this is a conspiracy. Maybe the Illuminati got to him. Maybe the Scientologists did. Who knows? A lot of questions, Steve. Lots of questions. An autopsy has been completed, but the uh, official cause of death is pending the results of toxicology and other tests. Here are some other developments. In the months leading up to his death, Matthew was in the process of starting a foundation to help people suffering from substance abuse. His memoir, Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing, hit number one on Amazon following his death. You're always worth more dead than you are alive. Well, that's because now is the first time they've heard that he actually released a book. Yeah. Now you want to go back and say, he did? He did? There was a book? Uh, TBS is doing a uh, Best of Chandler Friends Marathon starting uh, today and running through, actually tomorrow and running through Sunday. Or you could just watch it on HBO like everybody else does. That would seem to be a little bit more, uh, a little bit easier. Fools Rush In co-star Salma Hayek posted some pics and said, quote, I will continue to cherish your silliness, your perseverance, and your lovely heart. Farewell, sweet Matthew. We will never forget you. Who is that? That's uh, a poor, poor, poor uh, attempt at Salma Hayek. Very well, poor. Maybe if you wore like Salma Hayek's glasses or a cape. Uh, Would have been more appropriate. Maybe, could be, like a like a Superman. Yes. Yeah. Only like the way Selma Hayek would do it. I am going to save the world from the kryptonite. I believe her. Uh, it might be Halloween today, but it's already time for Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop Holiday Gift Guide. Are you ready? Sure. Here's the most ten ridiculous items on it: the six and six point eight inch twenty four karat gold G Spot vibrator, fifteen thousand dollars. Wait a minute. Fifteen thousand dollars for a for a vibrator. I mean, I better knock stuff off the wall. You know, you can get one of those uh, shoulder massager things at Costco for like forty bucks. I could. Prob- you can you put it anywhere. You don't have to put it on your shoulder if you don't want to. You could probably buy a used one at eBay yeah. for like three bucks. A champagne saber. $199. Oh, to like cut the cork off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't yeah, you yeah. do that for free by just using your hands? I guess you could. You could. A Louis Vuitton baby wardrobe trunk, $73,000. Yeah, that's money well spent. <laughs> that's what every kid needs. 
11 pound, one eighth wheel of Parmesan cheese aged for 24 months at $396. Jesus. I don't want cheese from Gwyneth Paltrow. He's the last person I think of when I think of cheese. I don't think of Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. You can uh, save a lot of money just going by Big Y. A uh, Olympia Latan Eiffel Tower book clutch. $1,550. Finally, something that's reasonable. Her- Hermes? I don't even know how to... Hermes. Hermes Doghouse. $1,925. My dog does not deserve a $1,900 doghouse. My dog woke me up in the middle of the night so he could yeah. go relieve himself. He, yeah. That's the last thing he would get access to. Nine escargot picks and a translucent glass snail holder for $567. Money well spent. A 32-inch diameter gong with a 40-inch tall stand. That must be to hold the vibrator. You said gong? Gong. $2,000. Chanel roller skates, $5,100. And, debatably, the most ridiculous leather tennis ball holder, $350. And it only holds four of them. Well, that's stupid. Don't they come in fives in the can? Don't you? <laughs> I don't usually count. And speaking of which, Kim Kardashian <laughs> was joined by famous friends and family recently at her 43rd birthday party where she wore a racy red dress and long strings hanging off. Really? Yeah. Just that's something to say. Oh, my God. The last time I had something long and stringy hanging off of me was when Ray J left a goo noodle dangling from the penis fly trap in that sex tape <sighs> you can purchase on YouPorn for thirty nine ninety five. You ever have the goo noodle? I have not. They're gluten free. <laughs> well, that's encouraging. But I don't think they're kosher. Uh, Caitlin? I never got that done dirty with your mother, Chris Kim, but uh, I once stretched out the old calamari ring. I bludgeoned the velvet snail. What are you trying to say? Oh, I wonder if you can get that escargot thing from uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is after I gave her a three-hour tour on the SS Jenner, her achne looked like a spiral ham wearing a toupee. A little pig Latin <laughs> there, my friend. You needed pig Latin to make it rhyme. Well, That's it was sad. It was the hardest Akuta work since the Duke boys wrecked the General Lee. <laughs> And that's your Hollywood trash from Rock 102. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Outdoor Power Headquarters. Steel, Craftsman, Aaron's, plus battery powered Ego. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? You know, as a sports fan, it's always been my belief that sometimes improving the game, no matter what that game may be, is almost always a very stupid idea. Call me a traditionalist, call me stuck in my old ways, call me what you will. Sometimes improvements and new ideas are not good ideas, and improvements are not really improvements. For example, this Friday, the NBA will begin their very first NBA in-season tournament. Now, before you ask a lot of questions, let me try to explain how this irrevocable decision is going to work and how much more fun they're expecting you to have. On Friday, all 30 teams around the NBA will participate in the tournament, which is split into two separate stages. The first is the group stage, in which teams have been broken down into five into groups of five. That will go until November 28th, which is then followed by the knockout stage. The eight teams with the best record will enter into a single elimination round in December, with a final four playing on a neutral court, in this case, Las Vegas. If your team wins the tournament, then each player on your team will earn a bonus of $500,000. Folks, 
if Steph Curry of Golden State is going to make $51 million this season, how much do you think he really cares about making an extra half million? Here's the other part. Starting on Friday until December 3rd, when the whole stupid idea wraps up, each team will be playing on a new floor. Each team will play on a single colored surface, none of which will be allowed to show wood grain of any kind. Meaning that the iconic parquet floor that the Celtics have been playing on since the 1940s will be covered by something else. The most iconic playing surface in all of basketball history will be put away for a month while the NBA tries to create something that nobody cares about. Because if you're an NBA player, who's that desperate for a $500,000 paycheck and a pointless trophy, then there's something seriously wrong with how you're conducting yourself. And as a fan, that's not really the championship that I care about. And I cannot imagine that is ever going to change. But hey, and if I'm my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. You know, you can paint your own kitchen, but I guarantee. Or you can paint your own basketball service, but I guarantee you'll have questions along the way. That's why you need to go to Rocky's. At every Rocky store, there's at least one trained paint expert to guide you through your project. Good people paint people at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm Bax. That's my view from the couch. 613 and Def Leppard with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It's going to be sunny today with a high of 50. Tomorrow, rain showers with a high of 43. It's 36 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, Judy Matt from the Spirit of Springfield is going to be here later on. They just uh, released or are about to release a, uh, a book that shows the history of the uh, the 9-11 memorial at the riverfront. It's actually a very interesting book, and she's going to he- be here to talk about it. But there was a story that came out yesterday on, on Mass Live, and uh, yeah, I mean, the Spirit of Springfield, just by their, by their own work, have done an awful lot to try to bring people into downtown Springfield, whether yeah. it's a pancake breakfast or bright nights or you name it. They've done a lot. A panel studying ways to draw more tourists to the city is proposing the addition of a gourmet food hall, a major basketball competition complex, and a Dr. Seuss-themed road race. It's also being recommended. Uh, it's also recommending the city consider creating an office or at least a coordinator of tourism, sports, and entertainment to bring together and market better the many existing tourism entities that already exist. That isn't, would be. Isn't that the business improvement district? Yeah, but that is. But aren't they just downtown? Uh, does that it? incorporate other parts of the city? I would like to think it does. I, I'm, I'm not yeah. so sure. I think the business, if the business, the bid itself is actually a mapped out area of downtown. Oh, all right. Um, but you know, these entities include the Hall of Fame, the Springfield Museums, MGM, Spirit of Springfield, and in January, City Council President Jesse uh, Letterman created four working groups, each led by a city councilor that had seven to 14 members from across the city to study different aspects of the city and uh, and its culture here. And the goal is to bring fresh ideas to the table, according to Letterman. Uh, the tourism and creative economy group was sparked by comments made by Bill Hornbuckle, the president of MGM, who said that they may have overestimated the number of people it could draw to Springfield. Yeah, well... Now, I don't know if he did or not. Well, because I mean, it looks pretty busy down there. Lately, it has been. Yeah, but I mean, I, it, it's it's kind of hard to judge it since you had a you know a major pandemic for three years before you had people come back there. But the last couple of times I've been there, it's been pretty busy. One of the longer term projects would be to create a high end food hall based on Hartford's Parkville Market or Worcester's Public Market, which opened up in 2020. 
And I've seen these kinds of things in other cities. Yeah. Not it's not so uh you know different from say what a Faneuil Hall was. You know, you have a large hall down there and, and there's you know food restaurants vend- all over restaurants the place. and food and vendors all over the place. Right. It's similar to that. In this case, they're talking about 15 to 20 kiosks for food. And they're looking at, uh, you know, maybe Worthington Street as being a place for that. I don't know where you put that, but it is an idea that I think a lot of other cities actually have good success with. I don't think it's a terrible idea. I think actually having Springfield, I've said this before, I don't know what you think. When the Springfield Entertainment District opened up in the 90s, back when, you know, Mike Albano was, was mayor, you know, he wanted to bring... He wanted to bring business into downtown. So you're talking Bridge Street, Worthington Street, up and down those two areas. But what wound up happening is they wind up making space for just bars and taverns Mm -hmm. as opposed to restaurants, which I think should have been the focus of the entertainment district. Yeah, but I mean, if you don't have anybody who wants to move in for a restaurant, then how are you just, you can't just make up a restaurant. No, but you can you can make it easy for a restaurant to open up at a place by offering different incentives for them to do that. Like? It could be certain tax incent- incentives, it could be you know, certain you know accommodations for- Yeah, but we already have tax issues with the, and that's why we charge that whatever percentage for the meal tax, because- uh, that was their way of making. Remember that whole thing? That was their way of making up revenue that they were losing. Sure. So I don't know how you're going to give a tax break to one business because they just serve food versus a guy who's just serving drinks and bringing people. Down. Well, I look at the Providence example. So you, if you go back a number of years when they tried to refurbish that whole city, mm-hmm. they really made uh, an effort to bring restaurant business and you know art into into this the into the city right. and that's how they really transformed what providence became they didn't quite do it the same way in springfield when they just focused on bars and there's something wrong with bars don't get me wrong but the, but bars only attract a certain clientele a number of people as opposed to restaurants where if you feed somebody and they right. have a good experience there with good service they're very likely to come back over and over again and there's plenty of good good restaurants in, in, in Springfield, but I don't think there's anything wrong with having more. And so I think that, you know, having that is a good focus. They also talk about the, uh, like a Dr. Seuss road race. And what they cite in the, in the story is that Ironman competition that they had last summer was wildly successful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have road races all the time in Holyoke, and you look at what that's become over right. the years. There's no reason Springfield couldn't do the very, very same thing using Dr. Seuss as a theme. And I think that's actually not a bad idea. No, it's not a bad idea. I'm looking at this uh, basketball thing they want to build, though. 20 courts. It would be a mega (sighs) complex. Uh, they'd like to build on Springfield's claim to fame as the birthplace of basketball to create a mega basketball complex that has as many as 20 courts that can mainly host youth basketball leagues for children 8 to 18, but it could be used for other sports teams as well. Uh, I don't know if that's really necessary. Well, I mean, you have other places that have basketball courts. Right. But not all, like, one central thing. I mean, you know, we don't really do – I mean, other than the Hall of Fame – we don't really do a whole lot more about basketball 
No, as opposed to city. like a Cooperstown, who everything is about baseball. Everything is, is about. Yeah. But yeah, as as a, I don't know if you've ever seen this. I don't know if you're aware of this. Yeah. But sometimes the Basketball Hall of Fame doesn't really go out of their way. Come on. To promote nah, basketball yeah, nah, in the city yeah. of Springfield. Nah, nah, I don't want to sound. I don't want to sound hostile or All bitter. Right. Next, just... next thing you tell me, they're going to bring bring down their ceremony to Mohegan Sun, <laughs> which is fifty miles away. I don't know, that. man. That, that, yeah. uh, you know, they are committed to the city. That's for sure. But uh, I mean, I just think that you know these are all good ideas. Yeah. But I'm wondering if it's something that we're overlooking. I don't know what that is. I just think that there's got to be something else that might be worth considering. You know, uh, for all inte- all those people who live in tents and the swim with the poipuses, uh, you know, we could have just leveled that highway instead of keeping that up in the like that's blocking everything. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an eyesore to tell you the truth. That elevated highway. I don't know why they can't knock that down and put it down on the ground. I I don't remember where uh, I saw this just a couple of days ago. About uh, it was like an artist rendering of what the Big Dig project looked like before they went underground. Yeah, and yeah, it was just a highway in the middle of all this property, and then once they dropped it underground, you had this huge amount of real estate yeah. that was being developed That's- by businesses and employers and. You know, housing and all these yeah, other things. Listen, I, when I when I was downtown last week, when uh, down in the South End, when uh, Picnelli, you know, unveiled that we're going to build a Panera Bread here. Yeah, and uh, you know, you get all the naysayers going, "Oh, good, another Panera Bread." L- listen, he's cleaning up the neighborhood. The neighborhood looks really good down there, and it's looking even better every year when they add something else to it. Panera Bread is still a business, and it still brings jobs, and it mm-hmm. still brings uh, revenue to the city. So I, you know, you can naysay it all you want, but again, you know, this is to your point of how do you attract businesses to come in here? You got to make it more accessible, the, and more friendly. You, so you have to find ways of developing real estate. So whether or not Panera Bread is successful, which it probably will be. Sure. But let's say it doesn't. You at least have now a clean storefront that something else could move in there yeah. too. So it's more about kind of sprucing up the area and b- attracting people here as opposed to, yeah, we just got this big highway, this big block of concrete right in the middle of the city. Listen, I know I'm not the only person to have mentioned mm-hmm. this idea of dropping 91 below ground. Yeah, I know well, I'm not the only one. I, I know there are people well, involved in corporate real estate in this area who have said it's such a good idea that only in Springfield could it never happen. Well, but but that was <laughs> you know? because of the casino moving in. That was the whole plan for that. They didn't drop the highway, but they just decided to repair the viaduct. Do you remember this whole thing when they when they say, "Well, we're going to build this casino." Yeah. Well, we we can't have this giant highway project where we level the whole thing. Let's just fix the viaduct. And they did. Yeah. But what's best for the city would not have been to design it or to redesign it the way they did. What would have been best for the city is to have taken that property, which the highway sits on, Mm -hmm. and put that thing underground. And it wouldn't have had any effect on uh, the casino. It wouldn't have any effect on the Hall of Fame. It would have had no no ill effect on anything that already exists. But what it would do would be completely transform the city and what that and, and what Springfield could become that's the difference if you look at a like a city of like Baltimore 
you know, prior to that inner harbor being built, Baltimore was pretty gross and dangerous and, yeah. and not a great place to hang. But then they did, and now all of a sudden you got people going there. And, and now it, it's less dangerous. It, now it's less dangerous and less gross. Eh, it's still gross. It's a city. Every city is gross in its own aspect. Of course, but at least you're bringing people down there for, for things that they want to do, like go to restaurants or go to a baseball game or right. you know, do whatever. The fact that you have people going downtown now to hockey games and parking at the, at, at MGM and maybe gambling and maybe getting a, mm-hmm. a, you know, a, a meal somewhere, the yeah. fact that you see... That Red Rose had to put in a second kitchen to accommodate the business increase they had. When you look at all the other businesses that had to, that, that have done well and survived yeah. the pandemic and are still thriving, you know, people are willing to go downtown, but you got to give them reasons to want to be there and to go back. Ooh. And I and I think developing it into something special is exactly what the town needs. That that Red Rose was pretty damn smart staying right there where they were. Yeah, That's selling out to the man. Remember the uh, the conversation uh, that we may have had on the air? So, oh, it's the stupidest thing they could have done. No, no, absolutely not. It was the smartest thing for them no, to have done, actually, not to have sold out. I agreed with that. I agreed that if you're a holdout, you you got to have a, a – there was another holdout there, and they just built around it. Which one was that, the little building there? That was uh, – yeah, that was a, the law firm that yeah. refused to sell. And that was the one that, 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 was the one that didn't – go well yeah well that didn't have a, right. a, a already built-in crowd a, right. of loyal customers right red rose did yeah, and, and, it, and as it turns out that was the right decision for red rose to have made yeah especially when you got to keep all the cars out of there on a friday night if you're not going to the casino if you're not going to the uh, restaurant well that's you parked there then you walk yeah <laughs> it's not a big deal 625 in rock 102 the newest way to save money is to you it's 628 with Max and nagel on rock 102 um, it is going to be uh, sunny with a high of 50 today. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 43. It's 36 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, Judy Matt coming up later on this morning. Uh, we also have tickets to see Iron Maiden at the DCU Center in Worcester. We'll tell you all of the details about that a little uh, bit later. All right. Uh, I don't have a joke because the internet's not working, but uh, we can try something. You ready? I'm ready. All right, here we go. It's Bax and Nagel's Joke of the Day. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. On Rock 102. I make you laugh. Springfield's <laughs> Classic Rock. All right, you ready for a joke? I'm ready for a joke. Spectrum Internet. <laughs> oh, you're making me laugh. <laughs> My ribs. <laughs> Max and Nagel in the morning on Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. Here's your weapon. With Bax and Nagel and Rock 102, it's time for news. It's brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Technicians get up to a $5,000 sign-on bonus right now. Learn more at GaryRomeHyundai.com slash family. His local radio icon, Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. A Chickabee man was arrested after allegedly refusing to comply with officers while holding a loaded firearm early Monday morning. According to Springfield Police, at around 1.20 a.m., Officers were called to the 400 block of White Street for a report of a man with a gun. They saw the suspect matching the description on Buckler Street holding a loaded firearm. The suspect, later identified as 33-year-old Carlos Banks of Chicopee, refused to comply with officers' commands and would not drop the gun. The officers were soon able to get the firearm away from Banks, who continued to resist. Officers secured Banks and placed him under arrest. The firearm was reported stolen out of Springfield. When Banks asked the officers to turn off his vehicle uh, that was running, 
They found a large capacity firearm loaded with 14 rounds of ammunition inside the vehicle. He's charged with uh, all kinds of stuff, including resisting arrest in high-capacity magazine with a feeding device. Ooh, feeding device. Mm, that would have been a feeding mm, device. Bullets. Num, 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 num. You know, I'm a, I, I'm a law-abiding citizen you know, for the most part. Yeah. Anytime I you know, break the law and no one's going to know about it. Uh, but if a cop is telling me to drop my gun, yeah, I would probably drop the gun. Yeah, probably. I mean, I realize that guns are very expensive and ammunition uh, isn't cheap either. Uh, but I can always wind up getting myself another gun. I don't know why you're so attached to that gun. By the looks of it, it's not that nice. I've seen better guns. No, it's a decent looking gun, though. Eh. If a cop is telling me to drop it, I'm going to drop it and say, okay, I'll drop it, but I'm going to run. Uh, a Springfield man was arrested. Get myself another gun. Oh, you're going to, uh, your everyday gun. Yeah, like, you know, guns for special occasions, like, for example, uh, like when I want to receive stolen property for less than $1,200. Well, that's the gun I bring. What about your uh, birthday gun or your anniversary gun? I even have a gun that uh, lights cigarettes. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Yeah, like, the, I, what, what movie was that from where the lady pulled out the gun and she and it was a cigarette lighter it was a cigarette lighter yeah i don't know what the movie that was a uh, springfield man was arrested on saturday during a report of a disturbance involving another gun it's all these guns what is gun, this gun remember that uh, commercial guns 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 <laughs> guns guns <laughs> according to the springfield police at around 1 40 a.m officers were called to dwight street extension and saw a vehicle being chased by a person wait a minute saw a vehicle being chased by a person was he on foot? Well, this is weird. <laughs> this is not the way the story's supposed to go. <laughs> the vehicle pulled over and complied with the officers. However, the uh, person who was chasing the vehicle took off running. Well, wait a minute. The car stopped. You should have just went up to the vehicle. I'm so confused yeah. by where the story is going. Additional officers found the person later identified as 18-year-old Josiah Martinez of Springfield on Main Street. Martinez saw the police and attempted to sprint away but tripped on Rutledge Avenue. Police were able to detain him but told officers he had a BB gun on him. Police seized a lo lo loaded large-capacity firearm and Martinez was placed under arrest. It was not a BB gun. It was a real gun. He's being charged with carrying a loaded uh, large-capacity firearm on a public way and carrying a loaded firearm without a license. Um, does he realize you could shoot his eye out with a BB gun? Yeah, he probably could. You know, they make some of these BB guns pretty elaborate. Tractor Supply. Oh yeah, has this one that looks it looks like an assault rifle, and it's a repeater, like it's like a like a machine gun BB gun. Really? Yeah, that's interesting. I, I remember uh, years ago, my uh, my late uh, my late father in law. Had a BB gun, mm -hmm. and uh, you know we were having we were having like, like a squirrel problem by our uh, bird feeders. Yeah. So he thought he would uh, you know teach these squirrels a lesson. He pulled out the BB gun. He's you know he's all he's all ready. He's aiming at the at at the at the squirrel that's at the at the thing. He uh, he shoots, and the BB slowly rolls out of the barrel of oh, the gun yeah, and drops bad. at his feet. Well, that didn't do anything, did it? I, he would have been better off picking the BB off the ground and throwing it at the squirrel. You know, you need a spring-loaded uh, ten shot with a scope on it. <laughs> he would have been better off break barrel throwing the gun at the squirrel. Yeah, well, that probably would have been more effective. You're right. Did the squirrel? Would the squirrel give him the finger? <laughs> no, I think the squirrel just laughed hysterically.
You know, I tried to uh, tried doing that with the uh, the groundhogs, but the BB gun was too uh, not strong enough. So they were just kind of poking their heads up, like, yeah. It's, well, I was like Carl Spangler trying to get rid of these groundhogs in the yard, and they're just popping their little heads up, like, go try to get me. They didn't. No offense, but if if I'm trying to kill the golfers, yeah, right. They're gonna lock me up and throw away the key. Uh, Palmer Town Manager Ryan McNutt has uh, resigned his post, and town councilors have named Police Chief Christopher Burns as his temporary replacement. Oh, that's a good John Houseman name. It is a great John Houseman name. So Palmer has busted a McNutt. The town council discussed McNutt's resignation at its Monday meeting, where it also approved hiring a consultant to assist in finding a new town manager and posting the open position immediately. The board hoped to have a new town manager in place by November 30th. Mm-hmm. McNutt's busting was uh, accepted on October 26th. Town Council President Barbara Barry said the council could not discuss the reason for his departure. It was a secret. Yeah, but he left quite a mess behind him. Yes, he did. Uh, what's, what's the secret in busting the McNutt? <laughs> Barry uh, further noted that under the an agreement, McNutt. I think be, you need a firm stance on something. You probably do. McNutt will be paid for four months of salary, starting uh, totaling fifty five thousand dollars, fifty five thousand sixty dollars and thirty eight cents. Oh, he fought for that extra thirty eight cents, and accrued vacation time of fifteen thousand one hundred seventy four dollars and seventy cents. Hmm. Barry confirmed that Burns would serve as the acting town manager for two weeks. This would not be all the duties of a town manager, but basically someone who's just going to make sure the items are addressed that need to be adjusted. A motion was immediately passed to, to, to appoint Burns starting on October 31st. Several residents shared their views during the public comment period. Resident Roger Fortune said that the uh, most people resign or get fired. I'm just totally disgusted with this $55,000 of our tax money. Our taxes keep going up. What do we got to show? A busted McNutt all over the place. <laughs> Chris Smith, the resident. And now we're going to be cleaning up after this for weeks. Thank McNutt for his service. There has been some economic development that has happened under the McNutt's term here. She's also mentioned disagreements with the council. I truly (laughs) hold each of you partially responsible for the dollars we're going to spend on the busting of McNutt. It's a resignation, and I understand that, but I think it's the awful way it's been handled. Yeah, you can't handle a McNutt that bad and then expect to not have a giant mess to clean up afterwards. Listen, we've had McNutts hanging out all over the place in this town. Yeah, the reason uh, Day said McNutt uh, should have worked on his interactions with residents and town officials in 2019, the busted McNutt was fired as a manager in Claremont, New Hampshire. The reason for McNutt's busting there was a time, at that time, was communication issues. Hmm. You gotta let everybody know you're gonna you're gonna bust the McNutt before you bust it. That's just a surprise. Well, I mean, and then somebody's be. gagging. I know, but you, know, you 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 don't want them running away. You don't want them fleeing. Yeah, and the townspeople are like, you gotta let us know you're gonna do this. <laughs> I thought you could read my eyes. Well, I mean, you don't want to bust them too soon either. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it'd be you know apologizing for weeks. Usually, before it's never the Mc- happened to me before. Well, yeah, it happens to every guy. All right, <sighs> I'm glad we got that one out of the way. Uh, a 22 News viewer sent a video of two bears that were fighting over a pumpkin in their Sturbridge backyard. 
the they posted under their YouTube channel the video they captured of the two bears on their back legs fighting over the pumpkin. Uh, according to the viewer, they woke up to one of their outdoor pumpkins in a different spot and thought it must have been a deer passing through who took a bite. Then they looked outside and found the bears fighting. Which bear do you think won the fight? And then they don't show. Uh, pumpkins uh, that are left outside could attract wildlife. According mm. to Outdoor Hub, uh, it's not unusual. Uh, it's not unusual to be loved by anyone, but it's also not unusual to see bears eating pumpkins. Which it looks like two bears fighting over, like one of them found a sex toy. You know? <laughs> hey, hey, Raj, look at this. It's got holes right here. <laughs> Well, I found it first. No, 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 no. I found it. I found it. No, yeah. no, no, no. I found it. And then they start fighting over the the, the jack-o'-lantern. The ranger isn't going to like this. No, the ranger is definitely <laughs> not going to like this. And give me that. No, give me that. Listen, we just had a McNutt busted all yeah. over the backyard <laughs> we, here. Now we got a jack-o'-lantern, too? Got, yeah, we got a, there's all kinds of stuff going on here. It's disgusting. According to Mass.gov, there are 4,500 black bears across There's the video of the bears oh, fighting. there they are. There is a the 22. They're, oh, oh, look at that. Oh, 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 oh right oh, in the solar plexus. Oh, oh, ah, oh, oh, fracture. Ah, oh, oh, take that. Dude, he like kicked him right in the you know what. I know. Did you see that? Like a bear knee to the, I gotta the tell bear you, boys. Those are aggressive, uh, aggressive bears. And that's the pump. Oh, no, snap. Oh, no, then they go on to... That's that a looked, snapping turtle. That looked like the result of the fight. Yeah. I want to see more bear fights. A snapping turtle rescued out of Westfield. You know what that is? That's somebody for that's somebody trying not to build on a piece of property right there. That's hey, exactly we found it. that we found this uh, injured turtle on this ground. You can't build this thing that you're building here anymore. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Did you want some sort of industrial park in town? That happened uh, to what's his name? Bill Pepin. Yeah. Yeah, right in Hamden. And he never built the house because they uh, they chased him out of there as environmental people because somebody found a turtle on the oh, property. That's a load of crap that was. It is a load of crap. You can do that to anybody. I could just say I found this turtle and it happened to be in that area and now you can't build on the land anymore. Well, I would think you would have to prove it. And I don't know I if would. anyone actually proved it or whether it was just all, uh, you know, a bunch of chit-chat. Probably was just a bunch of chit-chat. You're a... Uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today. Going to be sunny with a high of 50. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 43. It is 36 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. Hi. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 648 in the doors with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be sunny today with a high of 50. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 43. It's 36 right now in downtown Springfield. Hard to believe, but the Mayflower Marathon is 20 days away. From today, I mean, that's, I mean, you think about that, twenty that, days. That's close. It is, and uh, Rock One Two's thirtieth anniversary Mayflower Marathon begins on November twentieth at ten a.m. I mean, at, at six a.m. and then continues to until uh, to Wednesday the twenty second at ten a.m. from outside the South End Market at MGM Springfield. The goal this year, unlike any other year before, is to not fill three but four trailers with non-perishable foods for the open pantries. We've told you before. One in five families in the Springfield area suffers from food insecurity. We want to make sure that this one's going to be the biggest one we've ever done. Uh, collect your, uh, your your donation at work, at school, at home, or around the neighborhood. You can even donate online at rock102.com. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Capital Moving and Storage, Xfinity, Camping World of West Hatfield, 
Affordable Waste Solutions, MGM Springfield, and many more. You can get all the details at rock102.com. And don't forget the uh, Mayflower Marathon Comedy Night is Thursday night at uh, at the MGM Springfield Armory. We got a lot of stuff going on here, man. I uh, I was uh, mapping out all the events and mm-hmm. things that uh, are coming up between now and November 20th, and uh, it's a lot, dude. It's it's an awful lot. But you know what? It's not a complaint. It all goes to a great cause. Uh, there are, I believe, 60-some-odd tickets left for the comedy night for Thursday night. Wow. It will sell out, so if you're going to... If you're considering going, now's the time to buy. You can find it all on therock102.com. Uh, yeah, the comedy show. There's there wasn't that many tickets left, right? Like less than sixty. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you got to get them. You got to go you, online and get them right now. Get on the stick. It's only fifty bucks. Great, great night of comedy. And all the money goes to the open pantry, which is uh, which is great. There's also going to be some uh, some live auction, uh, actually some silent auction items that are uh, up for grabs there too. Silent auction? Yeah, yeah, you, you, you know, there'll be a. You can make a bid. You just write it down, and uh, some good stuff. Actually, some really cool stuff. Like did, what? Uh, what was? I don't want it. Uh, let me see if if, if that information. You is, don't even uh, know what you're talking. No, about. I was told yesterday uh, of what they've got. Yeah, it's it's not written down, but there's actually a couple of really cool things. Yeah, that uh, are available. Like, you oh, know, Red oh, Sox oh, tickets. Oh, Field Craft Fair. No, 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 not not that's that's the stuff we give away on the radio. This is stuff that uh, we would never give away on the radio because of its approximate cash value. Oh, right, because it's worth something. Yeah, but there's there's some good stuff there. So make sure you. All uh, right. Make sure you check out the tables while you're at the comedy night before all the big laughs begin. There's an interesting uh, result from the uh, the pandemic. The parent company of Degree Deodorant and Axe Body Spray have announced deodorant sales are finally rebounding after a huge drop during the pandemic. Were we not wearing deodorant? No, we were not. As soon as people started working from home, they stopped caring if they smelled like an old shoe. You know? Yeah. But with people returning to the office, that's no longer the case. Sales of personal care products were up 8% last quarter, and half of that is from deodorant sales. You know, I I uh I, I don't know about you, but I I have a real bugaboo about stinking. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like smelling bad. I need to shower often, like every day. I do. Sometimes twice a day, depending on what I've done. Of course. Like outside work or something like that, you're covered in dirt. Now, do you put deodorant on both times? Yeah, of course I do. I do, too. Yeah. Every single time. It's like one of the first things First thing I do when I get out of the shower. I don't know how uh, you uh, you live your life, but I uh, dry myself off from head to toe, yeah. even the even the, the smaller bits. Remember the guy that worked here that never wore deodorant? Oof. And it was like he's trying to be all natural. Yeah, you know, it's like one of them. Yeah, like not not all natural, but more like one of these tree hugging uh, type of uh, hippies. Yeah, doesn't like wearing things that don't like wearing chemicals on his body of any kind. Yeah, well, chemicals are some of the best things that we've got. Yeah, I love chemicals, that- and I'll be damned if I'm going to wear some sort of all natural stick on my armpits. Yeah. Hell no. And he didn't get fired because he's. Because he smelled. He just stunk. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm getting at there? I was going to say, uh, because of a string of horrible decisions. Yeah. Well, yeah. And now he's uh, making more horrible decisions every day of his life. Oh, yes, he is. Uh, Personal care products also include soap and body wash. So we're also showering with more than we have been, too. You know, I go to the, I buy a lot of that stuff from the dollar store. Mm -hmm. Those 
those body washes. You can get those suave body washes for a dollar twenty-five. Yeah, you might as well get it. Might as well get it for a dollar twenty-five. Then go. I can't believe how much like when you go into a grocery store or a, or a pharmacy, how much that stuff is. It's a huge, huge upcharge on yeah, that stuff. Yeah, like the like the old spice body washes. They're mm-hmm. like seven dollars a bottle. I'm like, who's are you really spending that much on soap? How much better is it than the dollar twenty five one that says Axe on it that I'm getting from, you know, the the Dollar Tree. I mean, how does anyone feel really good about being overcharged for acts? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I was just talking to a friend last week about that. You know, you're in a good neighborhood when Axe body spray is under lock and key at whatever <laughs> store you're in. They don't. Listen, no, you're right. Listen, I, and I don't even understand. Listen, I don't even I, understand why that is. Listen, I'm not. I'm not even making uh, any kind of uh, statements about uh, the makeup of a neighborhood. They're doing it. Go into the CVS at the X, and then go into the CVS over in Wilbraham, and you tell me what's locked up and what's not in there. They do that. Of all the things yeah. that I would steal from a pharmacy, you know, if I were uh, if I weren't such a law-abiding citizen, yeah, Axe body spray would be the very last thing that's, I would steal. But that's not your thing. There is there is enough people out there. Are enough people out there that do like that. Axe body spray, and it's it's obviously a hot item if you're going to lock it up under a case. Good Lord. You have to go get permission to get deodorant. Uh, excuse me, uh, uh, attendant, uh, Mr. Cashier. Yeah. Uh, would you mind opening up so uh, I can get the Axe body spray? Because, you see, I'm not really interested in smelling good around actual well, people. You know, the, the thing is, when you hear about shoplifting incidents... Like, oh, this guy stole, like a, like, a bunch of Axe body spray. Yeah. It's not that he's stealing it because he wants to smell and uh, have the chicks, you know, bounce, chicka, wow, wow. <laughs> they take it and they go and they sell it at little bodegas and stores. The guy that stole uh, years ago, there was a, the case of the guy that stole a bunch of steaks from Stop and Shop. Oh, yeah. Remember he was being like uh, the guy in an uh, animal house where he's shoving the steaks down his shirt. Yeah. And the guy had like six, $700 worth of meat on him that they caught him doing. But they also found that that was like the third or fourth time that he had done that. That one time he got caught. But he was, they were repackaging it and selling it down at this little market in the south end of Springfield. <laughs> that, that's usually what that stuff is stolen for. You know, baby formulas used yeah. to make drugs, used to cut down cocaine. Uh, there's there's all kinds of uses for those things. It's not like people are just stealing it because all they right. need to use it. You know, I'm actually comforted by that. Yeah. I'm actually happy to hear that someone is going to, like, misuse a product like Axe Body Spray yeah. or uh, its shower gels or what have you, as opposed to using it for the purpose and which of is intended, good. which is to smell not that great. Well, you smell like a, I don't know, like you're at a nightclub. Constantly at a nightclub. And you've been sweating for hours, but there's something musky about you. It's like, it's like maybe going into like the gym locker room when you were uh, in high school and somebody had right guard. Oh, yeah. And they'd spray right guard somewhere and it would just smell like right guard and BO because <laughs> right guard was just a... It was just a masker. Yeah. That's what most of these things are. They just mask the smell. You can still smell the stank. Yeah. You, but it's but it's covered with something. You smell stank and Dax body spray. Right. Yeah. It's 657 with Dax and Nagel and Rock. 
And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Outdoor Power Headquarters, Steel, Craftsman, Aaron's, plus battery-powered Ego. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, once upon a time, I happen to be a pretty big damn fan of quarterback Brett Favre. I'm especially fond of him when he played 15 glorious seasons for the Green Bay Packers, resulting in their first Super Bowl championship since the 1960s. And yet, many years later, I cannot help but feel that perhaps Brett Favre is kind of a jerk. As you may know, Brett Favre has been recently finding himself in a bit of a jam after somehow weaseling millions of dollars of federal welfare funds earmarked for the state of Mississippi to help needy families so that he could help fund a volleyball facility at the University of Southern Mississippi where his daughter allegedly played there. He also is accused of accepting public money for speaking engagements that he never attended. Now, that suggests to me that Brett Favre is kind of a dirtbag but maybe not as much of a dirtbag as the gaggle of public officials that agreed to give it to him. And that's why he and about a dozen other people are being targeted in a case in which an estimated $77 million worth of good old-fashioned fraud was going on. But that's hardly my point. Yesterday, a federal judge dismissed a lawsuit that Brett Favre filed against Hall of Fame tight end Shannon Sharp for comments that he made about the charges against Brett Favre on Fox Sports Undisputed with Skip Bayless. Favre uh, claimed that the statements made by Shannon Sharp were egregiously false and that his comments were defamatory. The judge, however, disagreed and Favre's frivolous attempt to squeeze Shannon Sharp for damages was dismissed because Shannon Sharp's comments were not only protected by the U.S. Constitution, he said exactly what everybody else was thinking, and that is this. When millions of dollars are supposed to be distributed to the needy, the needy does not include Brett Favre, nor does it include the need for a women's volleyball program to get a new facility at a state university that's already being funded by taxpayers. I should also point out that while Brett Favre may think Shannon Sharp was out of line in a side-by-side comparison between who did worse to whom, I think it would be Brett Favre that loses that argument every single time. And that, my friends, is why Brett Favre might just be a jerk. But hey, another my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. So when does grilling season end? I'll tell you exactly when it ends. Never. You need to get yourself a grill at Rocky's. A grill all year round, whether it's a Weber gas grill, a Traeger wood pellet grill, a big green egg, or an Udi pizza oven. All the grills, all the gear, all year long at Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 712 in Aerosmith with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be sunny today with a high of 50. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 43. It is 34 right now in downtown Springfield. Are you getting spooked out? <laughs> a nut has, a McNutt has been busted in Palmer. Bears fighting over jack-o'-lanterns. Whoa! You know, um, no one comes to my house. No. And I kind of like it that way. Yeah, I kind of like it that way, too. I mean, it doesn't stop us from buying candy. And it doesn't stop us from ripping into the bags when no one comes. You remember uh, back back in 2011 when we had that major snowstorm and then, like, power was out for a week? It oh, happened, yeah. like, two days before Halloween. And they had to cancel it? And they Well, yeah, they had to cancel it. And then I, uh, I went to my house 
we weren't staying at my house because of the power outage thing. We were staying at, at family's house. and But I came back to the house, and it's pitch black outside on Halloween. Mm-hmm. No lights anywhere. All of a sudden, I see a flashlight in the driveway. It's two kids walking up the, the trick or treat. I'm like, trick or treat? <laughs> this is an emergency disaster yeah. area. What are you doing? Were you not yeah. around when trees were falling and yeah. the ice was killing people? I, told, I, I was like, I don't have anything. You got it. Where, where's your parents? Where are you? What, what, what are you doing out here? So, I've never been uh, all that into it. Yeah. I know some people, uh, you know, really are. And, uh, yeah, I lived in a neighborhood that used to where, like, everybody was really, really into yeah. it. And they uh, they give all the big candy. But that year, uh, I was living, uh, you know, like, it was like the street behind me, behind my house. Yeah. And uh, and, and uh, it was, like, the saddest thing because, like, you could hear trees popping. Yeah. Because of, uh, of the, the, the weight of the ice ripping through these through these forests. That was a scary Halloween, wasn't it? It was scary. Uh, well, we got a bunch of surveys here. Survey said! According to the National Retail Federation, 73% of Americans plan on celebrating Halloween in some way, with the average person spending $108. What? For, yeah. for candy? $108. Oh, to hell with that. I know. That's ridiculous. 108 Over, bucks. Overall, Americans are expected to spend around $12.2 billion, mostly on costumes, decorations, and candy. The uh, National Confectioners Association... I'd like to be part of that. Uh, that that's a sweet deal, huh? A scam, yeah. that sounds like. Claims 98% of Americans who uh, welcome trick-or-treaters will hand out candle candies and chocolates. It's unclear what the other 2% will hand out. Maybe salty snacks, loose change, or fruit. Oh, my God. I told, We were talking about that last week. There was that dentist that lived in my neighborhood. Come on up. We got toothbrushes and toothpaste for you. Get out of here. We, toothpaste. Why don't you just, just close this shop up? Why don't you turn the front light off so no one comes to your house if this is the best you can do? Yeah, you're like you're like the uh, you're like the Weight Watchers uh, group among Chinese buffets and Burger Kings. Yeah, like like the best you could do is like right. have like a vegetable platter for the kids. Yeah, the uh, same survey says that 51 percent of people eat candy corn by popping whole pieces into their mouth. 31 percent bite off the narrow white end first, and 18 percent start with the wider yellow end. You know what I do? You throw it in the trash. Yes, I, I take the whole thing and I throw it right in the <laughs> trash can. Apparently, no one breaks the corn apart just to eat just to eat the orange middle part first. What? It all tastes the same. They look like traffic cones. They don't look like candy corns. No. Traffic cones actually serve a purpose. Traffic Candy corn a- serves no purpose. Traffic cones actually taste better. <laughs> I've had them in my mouth before. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you've had your share of asphalt in your mouth. Oh, oh, I've had lots of asphalt in my mouth. And the traffic cone is the best part. In, in another survey, 85% of uh, p- kids say, 85% of parents say their kids start digging into the candy before they even get home from trick-or-treating. That's what I used to do. I used to rip right into it immediately. No, I used to get home and my dad would be like, let me test that for you. And then yeah. we'd start eating the candy. You know, my kids are a little weird because uh, they would go trick-or-treating. They'd get a bunch of candy and it would just like, it would sit in the house forever. Yeah. Like they, I mean, like like tons of candy. We had a big bowl and it just sat in the kitchen and like nobody touched it. Right. Like one year we had a big score. Like like a big score, like a half of like pillowcase filled with candy. Really? That's a that's a good one. That's a good haul. Well, we we started early. 
We started at like, like 4.30 and you ended started in by September. Nine. Yeah, and it was a really populated neighborhood. Uh, yeah. And then we uh, we went around and got all that candy. That, uh, that should be like a how much candy can you get contest. It will, will weigh the bag for you at the end. And some kid would be probably putting lead fish Yeah, but yeah, I mean, but you know, but like some kids, mm-hmm. <sighs> some kids don't just take one. You know, they'll take fistfuls out of someone's bowl. Yeah. You know, and it's like that's. You know, that's not fair for everybody. One piece of candy should be enough if you're in a neighborhood where there's lots of other places to go, I think. We got uh, candy galore upstairs. Do we? In that bucket out there? There's a bucket filled with candy. Oh, yeah, I haven't looked in the bucket. It's a cauldron. Really? It's a plastic cauldron, but it's a cauldron nonetheless. Yeah. It's got candy inside of it. Didn't somebody give us a bag of candy? Did you take that home? No, no, no. I brought it upstairs so I could share it with everybody. Oh, that was good of you. Well, because and then uh, she doles it out. See, that's good. The lady upstairs, she doles, she she holds it back because she smart. knows that we're a bunch of uh, sugar-eating fiends around here. Some people are like, uh, I don't mean to insult anybody if they're doing it, but they know who they are. Uh, they're like vultures. Well, Anytime there's like food in the building. We, I mean, they're 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 swarming around it like she, it, like they're about to you know you dive into like the carry on of the of the roadkill. Our our guest last week, Dee Doyle, she gave us this big bag of candy. Yeah, and I'm not eating that much candy anymore, so I I brought it upstairs and I said, here, why don't you dole this out for the uh, the minions around here? And uh, she does, and the next day, all of the peanut butter cups are gone. Like somebody like specifically went through yeah. and got all the peanut butter cups. That's the, what are you doing? You're not sharing well, like, the candy. On Halloween, Yeah, isn't that what everybody does? Peanut butter cups first, everything else second? Yeah, it's all the stuff that you're not going to want to eat. You should always eat the stuff you're not going to eat last. Yeah, like first. the Necco wafers. Yeah, like, yeah. oh my God, who's going to eat that? Get all the crap out of the way, and that way you only have a reward at the end. See, I never did it that way. I always, I always chose the things that I wanted to eat right. first, and it always included... Peanut butter cups. Because nobody's going to do that. Nobody, yeah. Nobody's going to eat the crap first. The crap is there when you're, like, really hungry and you're like, you know what? I guess I'll have the Necco wafers and the Smarties. Yeah. Oh, boy, boy. Another another sugar daddy. Another another Charleston chew. Please. Uh, most people think Halloween is harmless, uh, fun holiday, but 14% of people believe it is harmful, but they didn't elaborate on what it's harmful about. Diabetes? Uh, is it because it celebrates a pagan holiday? Is that what it is? I don't know. I'm making stuff up. Uh, 30% of people think that Halloween is more widely celebrated now than they were when we were growing up. 31% think it's less widely celebrated now, and 30% say it's about the same. I think the scale has changed. I, I think, think there's I more think adults. There's more, yeah, exactly. There's more adults decorating their homes than ever before. Well, I, but, but not even decorating, even dressing up, like at the Rumble seat on Saturday. That place was packed full yeah. of people dressed up in costumes. It's not a kid. Th- it's not just a kid thing. Well, most kids don't have the ID to get into the bar. That's true. Uh, let's see. 18% of people say they decorate for, decorate for Halloween every year. 14% say they decorate most years, and another 14% say some years. I put a couple of those herpy pumpkins out on my front porch with some mums. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Yes. The pumpkins with the herpy boils all over them? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I know those ones. You like those? I actually kind of do. 
Yeah. I mean, I would. I you know, I'm I'm not a big fan of herpes, but I mean, uh, uh, the pumpkin that well, seems to have some sort of listen, skin Max, lesion. I think that's pretty cool. As I said before, if you jack your jack o' lantern your pumpkin enough. <laughs> you're going to wind up getting uh, herpes pump. You've got to be careful herpes. where you put those things. Uh, 34% of uh, parents think 13 or 14 is old enough to trick-or-treat alone. Well, what's too old to trick-or-treat, though? I'd say 13 or 14. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say That's, once you get deep into those teenage yeah. years where you could be destructive. Uh, several cities in America have laws banning teenagers from trick-or-treating, including Chesapeake, Virginia, Jacksonville, Illinois, and Rain, Louisiana. If I'm saying that right. In Chesapeake, kids over the age of 14 who trick-or-treat could be found guilty of a misdemeanor. Okay. Wow, they really are the the town of law and order. They sure are. Uh, And you're not crazy if you check out your child's candy hall before they eat it. 83% of parents say they look through it. Yeah, you're just making sure that there's nothing uh, rooting out of there. Like You don't want to, like, that, that one razor blade in a Clark bar. It seems a little dramatic to X-ray them for razor blades, though. Yeah, I, I've never had a, I never really did that. Oh, oh, you want to hear something gross that I saw in the Westfield Community Forum over the weekend? No, what happened? Uh, they must have. Remember, remember, there was a, there was somebody found a razor blade in the trick or treat, trunk or treat thing, or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. in Westfield. Yeah. Well, then, like a couple of days later, somebody found a, uh, like a Ferrer Rocher. You know those? Yeah. Things. It had maggots in it. Shut up. Yeah, really? It was disgusting. Ew. Are you uh, sure those aren't the crunchy things on the, on the outside of it? N- well, that's what I thought, too, when I saw the picture. But then they zoomed in on the photo, and you can see the little maggots. Oh, my. And then uh, the, the lady or guy said they, they, it was moving. That's disgusting. That is gross. I don't know who would be giving that out. Oh, my God. Well, hey, listen. I didn't know Applebee's was part of the trunk or treat. <laughs> Please stop. Yeah. Uh, I remember to encourage to encourage your kids to let their Halloween candy last. Yeah, Please. Good luck with that. Kids, well, in my in my house, it did last. It would last almost a year before you had to throw it out. Yeah, kids collect anywhere between thirty five hundred and seven thousand calories on Halloween. To burn that off, a kid would have to walk one hundred and eighty miles while trick or treating. Well, that's what that's what you're doing while you're going walking around. Yeah, You're burning off those calories as you go by. And uh, Fox News is warning people that Halloween candy can wreak havoc on your skin. They really? Say, yeah, they say the average American consumes 3.4 pounds of candy on Halloween, and the excess intake of sugar can result in inflammation of the skin, which can cause acne or eczema to flare up. That's scary. Ooh, very Ooh, spooky. Skin disease. Pimples. Eczema. Execute them. Psoriasis. Ah! It's 724. Herpy Rock- pumpkins. <laughs> Rock 102. Uh, it is going to be uh, sunny today with a high of 50. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 43. It's 34 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, uh, if you allow me to just indulge myself for just a brief hot second. Uh, Baxi's musical podcast this week. My guest is uh, Thomas Walsh, formerly of the band uh, Pugwash from Ireland. It's uh, my 200th episode. He's been on a, a couple of times. He is an amazing songwriter. He's got a brand new record out called uh, The Rest is History. Uh, he His fans include like Brian Wilson, Ray Davies from the Kinks, Jeff Lynn from ELO, 
And uh, it's once been said of him, at the very best, Pugwash are almost Beatles-like in their greatness. They are that good, and I don't disagree with that. So check that out on Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, Spotify, and on rock102.com. All right. All right? Yeah. There you have it. Judy Matt is coming up, and we also have uh, tickets to see Iron Maiden in uh, in Worcester. How exciting does that sound? Oh, Iron Maiden? I know you're a big fan. I'm a huge Iron No, I'm not really a huge Iron Maiden you, Are you kidding me? I've, I've heard you cranking up Number of the Beast from your truck many, many times. Oh, yeah, yeah. You've seen those guys, the Iron Maiden fans. Oh, yeah. That's what they want to hear over and over and they over want, again. They want to hear Number of the Beast and Run to the Hills. You play, uh, that's like people walk up to you and request that at a wedding. Can you play Number of the Beast? <laughs> Dude, it's, it's a wedding. I'm telling you, I was at a wedding uh, back uh, during the pandemic, and the guy wanted to hear Master of Puppets four times. It's eight minutes long. I know. Did you play it? I did. Four he, times? He was paying for the wedding. I, what am I going to say? No. You could always say no. No. This guy had a lot of money, and uh, you know what? You don't tell a guy with a lot of money no. You did just the, say, yeah, I'll do whatever you need to do. Uh, was this the groom? It was the groom's parents. The parents yeah. wanted to hear Master of Puppets. Yeah, he owned a house. Uh, this guy, I don't know what he did. He had a lot of money, though, and he uh, had this big, beautiful house, big, beautiful backyard, but he didn't look like he had that kind of money. He had this big, giant, long beard. He yeah. looked like uh, you know, he was ready to you know, roll out of bed after smoking a bong and uh, the weirdest Cheetos. That had to be like the weirdest wedding request for a song I've ever heard. No, he uh, he insisted that since he paid for all of this, that he gets to pick whatever songs he wants to play during the wedding, and that was agreed upon by them and the uh, the couple, and they were okay with it. And the uh, and, and the bride's parents were good with that too. They don't care. They don't care. Well, because this guy paid for everything. Huh. You can't really argue with the guy who pays for everything. No, I, I listen. That's a I get it. Choosing beggar. I get it. It's just yeah. it's a very unusual choice for like a wedding song. It, Master well, of Puppets. It wasn't a wedding song. It was just part of the, uh, the 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 music that everybody was in. Well, that he was enjoying mm. as, as everybody else was sitting down eating. Yeah, I mean, he, wanted, he didn't want like you know, ride the lightning or you know, am I evil no, or any no. of the other ones. Master of Puppets was the dinner choice that he wanted, and it was also the dance choice, and it was also the mid dance choice, and it was also the after party choice. Four times I played that song. That's that's a lot of Master of Puppets. Because he really likes Metallica. Really likes. Well, Metallica. it's a good song. Yeah, you know, as far as Metallica goes, that's a that's a pretty damn good song. It I is. just wouldn't impose it on people four times during a wedding. No, I wouldn't either. But this guy did, and you know why? Because he had the money. You know, most people. What would you do with a million dollars? Do chicks at the same time. What would this guy do? Four times of Master of Puppets. <laughs> <laughs> it's seven thirty. News is next. 733 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Naples Home Buyers. They buy homes as is and offer solutions to any problems. Naples Home Buyers, here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. You want to hear some Halloween jokes? I do. Yeah? What's a vampire's favorite part of sex? I don't know, Steve. What's a vampire's favorite part of sex? Ejaculating. <laughs> And what did what Dracula's girlfriend and a professional boxer have in common? I don't know. They both go down for the count. <laughs> one. One dirty sloot. <laughs> one rumble seat sloot. Two. 
Dual rumble seat sluts. That's what I was saying the other night. <laughs> what are all these sluts? One. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> That's what he says when he's done. Ah, 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 ah. Anyhow. Which, uh, which is very much like the tagline of the 7-Up guy. Remember the 7-Up guy? It's uh, crisp and clean uh, and uh, no caffeine. Ah, 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 ah. Whatever happened to that guy? He died. He died? Yeah, Jeffrey Holder. He died. Did he really talk like that, or was he putting on the accent? For no, the- that was that was like his real deal. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm done with the uh, the Halloween joke. Oh, okay. I thought that was like, We'll yeah. just talk about scary things, like stuff going on in Springfield. A Chicopee man was arrested after allegedly refusing to comply with officers while holding a loaded firearm early Monday morning. According to the Springfield Police, at around 1.20 a.m., officers were called to the 400 block of White Street for a report of a man with a gun. Officers saw the suspect matching the description on Buckler Street holding a loaded firearm. The suspect, later identified as 33-year-old Carlos Banks of Chicopee, refused to comply with officers' commands and would not drop the gun. The officers were soon able to get the firearm away from Banks, who continued to resist. Officers secured Banks and placed him under arrest. The firearm was reported stolen out of Springfield. When Banks uh, asked the officers to turn off turn off his vehicle that was running, they found a large capacity firearm loaded with 14 rounds of ammunition inside the vehicle. Hey, uh, can you turn my car off? <laughs> well, what do we got over here? Uh, nothing, nothing, nothing to see here. Just, just turn it off and walk away. Yeah, so he's charged with a slew of charges, including carrying a firearm without a license, possession of a large capacity firearm, and being a knucklehead. Is that an actual charge? It should be. Don't you think? I think so. Don't you think, uh, you know, uh, knucklehead should be part of the Massachusetts uh, general laws? We don't take knuckleheads around here? Yeah, knuckleheads, dimwits, morons, uh, they're all kind of lumped together. Uh, Holyoke Mayor Josh Garcia unveiled a new public safety plan aimed at curbing gun violence. This nearly one month after an infant was fatally shot in in a daytime shooting. On October 4th, gunfire rang out near the intersection of Maple and Sargent Streets in Holyoke. One of those bullets hit a nearby PVTA bus and a pregnant woman who was on board that bus. Doctors delivered her child and attempted to save its life, but the baby did not survive. The next day, city officials gathered to discuss immediate efforts to help combat violence in the city. Now Mayor Garcia has outlined his steps, next steps to prevent another horrific tragedy from occurring. Please don't lose faith and keep Holyoke the city in which that lost a... Please don't lose faith and keep Holyoke the city in which that beautiful baby, beautiful lost baby would have grown too strong to, I, you know what? I, 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 there's just uh, it, there's too many words here. Yeah. Uh, Garcia's plan, which was released on Monday, he called Ezekiel's plan, Operation Safe Streets, named in honor of the little boy, a touching tribute, according to Representative Carlos Gonzalez. It's a warm touch to a sad story. Gun violence has impacted us all in many different ways. The plan calls for a million dollars in new spending that would launch a comprehensive approach to quelling violence throughout the city and make residents feel safer that include police enforcement, foot and bike patrols, hiring 13 more police officers, installing a citywide surveillance camera system that works in conjunction with ShotSpotter, increasing inspection of rental properties, tenant and neighborhood protection strategies, creating the post of homeless liaison housing navigator, strengthening neighborhood outreach and engagement. Okay. Hope that works. Isn't that what they've been doing all along? Yeah, I guess so. Or maybe not. I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? I'm not really uh, really all that dialed in on what goes on in Holyoke. 
Although that is a tragic situation, no doubt. It is a tragic situation, but I'm just wondering what else have like. It seems like these are all the things that Chief Scott put into place years ago. He's been gone for a good long time. Right, but I'm just saying that uh, if they've already had these things in place, wouldn't it be? Yeah, but see, but but what happens between administrations, between like one chief to another? can change pretty dramatically just because one chief says we want to start doing this doesn't mean the next chief is going to continue that effort right may have like other priorities that he thinks may work better police in uh, greenfield are responding to a car crash last night according to the greenfield police officers were on the scene for reports on a uh, crash on severance street the road remains closed and uh supposedly would have reopened by 11 p.m but nobody has an update if they did or not 739 it's yeah, hours. I, I know, but do we? <clears throat> why do we not get the update? Because I don't think anybody updates anything. I don't think the. Uh, I don't think like DPW lets the uh, news stations know, and even if the news stations know, there's new news to report on. Palmer Town Manager Ryan McNutt has been busted. Nothing worse than having him McNutt busted in town. He has uh, resigned his post, and town councilors have named Police Chief Christopher Burns as a temporary, temporary replacement. The town council discussed McNutt's busting at its Monday meeting, which had also approved hiring a consultant to assist in finding a new town manager and posting the open position immediately. The board uh, hoped to have a new town manager in place by November 30th. And then uh, it was making people mad at the meeting. The hell are we doing with this $50,000 here in Palma? Seems like a big damn waste of money. You think I like coming out here on this damn Monday night and talking about your damn salaries? I don't like it, damn it. <sighs> so now uh, Palmer's like a rudderless ship without any uh, without no any, town manager. No town manager. He was set to earn a salary of $121,000 this year. I'll take it. I should be a town manager somewhere. Yeah, what are you doing wasting your time with this stupid job? I don't know. Job? This guy's busting his McNutt, and he's making $121,000 a year. That's that's uh, that's an expensive McNutt right there. I've been uh, busting McNutts for 18 years, and all I've got is six bucks. You want to borrow a couple? Uh, maybe maybe four to make it an even 10. All right. Yeah? Why I'm not? good for it. Are you good for it, though? Oh, yeah. No, I can come up with four bucks. Can you break a 20? No, I can't. I don't have those kinds of bills on me. What are you? What are you nuts? No, I'm McNuts. Uh, if you didn't know, you can't just park on a road. Says who? Unless you're on the uh, 405 freeway in LA, then part in LA, the uh, parking uh, for extended periods of times is just part of the normal commute. Or if you're in Boston on I-90 at seven o'clock in the morning, you're not going anywhere. No, you're it's not. It's kind of like a parking lot. But a 32-year-old man in Michigan was pulled over last Thursday. Because he parked his car in the middle of the road. It wasn't a highway. It was a country road. But still, it was a road, not a parking lot. Cops approached the man, and he asked them what the problem was. They asked why he was parked there. And he said he was smoking marijuana, and he thought he was being followed. He also said he had meth in the car. Well, at least he's honest. He got kicked out of the Steve Nagel College of Knowledge. He just couldn't learn. You know, like some dogs can't even get uh, past the training school. Yeah, this kid couldn't make it past week one before dropping out. That's unfortunate. <clears throat> the uh, police uh, found over thirty-five grams of methamphetamine and drug paraphernalia. The man was arrested and is looking at several charges, including possession of meth 
with intent to deliver. Uh, will he get uh, some level of understanding because he complied to the uh, the office? I mean, he he basically you know, you know, he participated in whatever the cops wanted. I like how that you know they 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 go up to him and he says, "What's the problem? What's your problem?" I, I, I'm just sitting here deciding what to do after I've uh, moved all this meth from one place to another, officer. Remember when uh, Bill Murray parked his car on the bridge in stripes and then just dropped the keys off the side of the bridge while that lady was in the back that was giving him crap? I do remember that. Yeah. But that's when he joined the military. Yeah, well, they, maybe this guy needs to join the military. You know, the military has turned more than their share of people around. Hey, look at all the, uh, the great benefits you can get from uh, the GI Bill. You get uh, your college education paid for. I mean, you might have to go spend some time somewhere where you don't want to be for a couple of years, but uh, you get back and you yeah, take yeah, some yeah. classes at community college, you'll be all set. It's a good deal. It is a good deal. Your Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be sunny with a high of 50. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 43. It's 34 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. This is Rob Schottin of Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 749. And Led Zeppelin with Bax and Nagle on Rock 102. It's going to be uh, sunny today with a high of 50 tomorrow. Rainy with a high of 43. It's 34 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, Judy Matt from the Spirit of Springfield will be joining us a little bit later on this morning. Tomorrow, Marty Caproni will be here. Yes, he will. And uh, we will talk maybe about a show that's worth $20 and you can get a meal with and comedy. It's a pretty good pretty good little prize there oddly enough on the very same night as uh the mayflower marathon comedy night so uh you gotta pick and choose which one you're gonna do you know i mean yeah lots of options for comedy if you want to join us uh at mgm uh, the cheaper show will be at uh, at the uh loft loft yes yes, yes. Yeah, don't have much more than 20 bucks uh, yeah you can have the buffet and that'll be that yeah, come to the Mayflower thing. It's going to help people. Out. Yeah, by the way, there's like less than 60 tickets left. And uh, I would like to sell this out. It is for the Mayflower Marathon of the Open Pantry, and that's what the the whole damn thing is about. I, I think uh, I'm, I'm getting this uh, message. I, I think people forget that uh, that other guy isn't here anymore, the one down the hall. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, they're like, can you do a birthday shout-out? Do we do birthday shout-outs? Um, we don't typically do a birthday shout-out. Who's uh, celebrating a birthday? Well, we're going to celebrate a birthday. <laughs> it's celebrity. It's, it's listener birthday day. <laughs> this was uh, a Holly who is sending out a happy birthday shout-out to her dad, John Petronella from Enfield, and his grand bunny, George, who both have Halloween birthdays. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, we can't do that here today. No, I mean we can't do shout outs. I, I'm sure he's having a great birthday and, and so is the bunny, but no, we we gotta draw the line somewhere. You know, I had a bunny who had a bunny. Really? That was pregnant once. <laughs> and I had lots of other bunnies. <laughs> I got a bunny who's into pregnant bunnies. <laughs> he he loves pregnant woodland creatures. Yes, I got him what to expect when you're expecting for Christmas. <laughs> of course, he's a rabbit, and you'll have to read it to him. Yes, he's a fa- his favorite character is Dr. Spock, but not the one from the TV show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe Spock was actually a licensed no, physician. No, no, 
But no, he was not. Yeah, I don't believe he was, had any medical no, training. No, there was wasn't there Doctor Spock who wrote yes. the book, the baby book. Doctor Benjamin Spock. Yeah, he, yes. yeah. He was. He didn't have the 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 pinch. Is that what you're saying? Yes, you couldn't. You couldn't do. He couldn't do the 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 Vulcan uh, pinch, and he couldn't do the Vulcan mind probe either. Oh yeah, yeah. Those are the ones. Couldn't put his hand in your baby's head and decide what the baby was thinking. Yeah, we both suffer from postpartum depression. <laughs> Because I'm depressed, there's no baby anymore. <laughs> I'm about to lose my baby weight. What a stupid show we run here. It is a stupid and a vicious broadcast we are involved in. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's your birthday shout. Well, there you're, sharing go. A, you're sharing a birthday with a bunny. You know, uh, one of the things that uh, I love to do is to, to kick a little ass. Do you? Yeah, I do, Steve. Is I love ass kickery. Is this Iron Maiden? Is it Iron Maiden? Yeah. One of their biggest hits. Run to the Hills. Yeah. Yeah. I want to run to the Hills. Do you really? Yeah. Well, you should run to the Hills all the way to Worcester because Iron Maiden is going to be there on November 6th at the DCU Center. And uh, imagine seeing Iron Maiden in concert. Are any of those maidens expecting? To the best of my knowledge, they're all 60-year-old men. I think they've all gone through menopause and are no longer uh, fertile for uh, childbirth. That's not my cup of tea. (laughs) Well, we have tickets, and I'll tell you what. We can uh, give those out to uh, someone who loves Maiden. Yesterday, they were calling for hours, hoping that we couldn't... That we were very slow in counting from one to ten. Yeah, why, you, listen, if if the con, if we're off the air, if even if we you know prolong this thing where we're not going to pick up the calls until after we actually get off the air. Yeah. Two minutes, maybe at the most. I mean, it takes very. It's very quick to get the winner on the line. Hold on, please. Uh, yeah, that was my uh, that was my uh, my ringtone for a while. That was my uh, that was my wedding song. I mean, it's it's no master of puppets for <laughs> right, time. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. No master. Of but puppets. it's pretty good. Right. Anyway, tenth caller right now two nine three one zero two one. I swear to God, to you, we can count to ten a lot faster than uh, you think we can. Blow it up! Oh my oh, God! Look at, up, look at the phones are uh, like an incendiary device. They're so hot. Or maybe they're just doing birthday shout-outs. All right, 10th caller wins. Take a seat. Iron Maiden at the DCU Center. Good luck on Rock 102. Rock one. And now, Max's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Outdoor power headquarters. Steel, Craftsman, Aaron's, plus battery-powered Ego. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? You know, as a sports fan, it's always been my belief that sometimes improving the game, no matter what that game might be, is almost always a very stupid idea. Call me a traditionalist. Call me stuck in my old ways. Call me what you will. Sometimes improvements and new ideas are not good ideas, and improvements are not really improvements. For example, this Friday, the NBA will begin its very first NBA in-season tournament. Now, before you go and ask a hell of a lot of questions, let me try to explain how this irrevocable, irrevocable decision is going to work and how much more fun they're expecting you to have. On Friday, all 30 teams around the NBA will participate in the tournament which is split into two separate stages. The first, there is the group stage, in which teams have been broken down into groups of five. 
That will then go until November 28th, which is then followed by the knockout stage. The eight teams with the best record will enter a single elimination round in December with a Final Four playing on a neutral court, in this case, Las Vegas. Now, if your team wins the tournament, then each player on your team will earn a bonus of $500,000. Folks, Steph Curry of Golden State is going to make $51 million this year. How much do you think he really cares about making an extra half million dollars? Here's the other part. Starting on Friday and until December 3rd, when this whole stupid idea wraps up, each team will be playing on a new floor. Each team will play on a single colored surface, none of which will be allowed to show wood grain of any kind, meaning that the iconic parquet floor that the Celtics have been playing on since the 1940s will be covered by something else. The most iconic playing surface in the entire basketball history will be put away for an entire month while the NBA tries to create something that nobody cares about. Because if you're an NBA player that's that desperate for a $500,000 paycheck and a pointless trophy, then there's something seriously wrong with how you're conducting yourself. And as a fan, that's not really the championship that I care about. And I can't imagine that that is ever going to change. But hey, and MMI Yappin' Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. You know, you can paint your own basketball playing surface, but I guarantee you'll have questions along the way. That's why you go to Rocky's. At every Rocky store, there's at least one trained paint expert to guide you through your project. Good people paint people at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm Bax. That's my view from the couch. It's 807 and Queen with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Going to be sunny today with a high of 50 tomorrow, rainy with a high of 43. It's 34 right now in downtown Springfield. We don't have that contest anymore, so we don't have to worry about uh, remembering the uh, to give away that. You know, like uh, a keyword? No, we're, yeah. not, we're not doing that now. We uh, Now we can actually get right into the into the uh, the center of uh, of what we want to do. No, we don't. There's This isn't the center. This is like just the outer shell. You think so? Yeah. You don't think this is like the uh, the meat of the lineup? No, this is the nougat. All right, Not but that's still the, the that's still the delicious center. I well, mean, for example, if no, you got a Three Musketeers bar, all the nougat is on the inside. Yeah, the caramel, though, is what really makes it. That's not in a Three Musketeers. That's just chocolate and nougat. You're thinking of the Snickers. Snickers bar. Snickers has got the caramel, nougat, and chocolate. Three Musketeers doesn't have, uh, it just has nougat in it? Three Musketeers with two ingredients. Go figure that. Chocolate, nougat, delicious. No third ingredient for a Three Musketeer. I'm sure there are like you know fifty thousand mm. chemical ingredients in it, but that's basically the two main purposes of the Three Musketeers. Well, uh, since it's Halloween, you want to get the living bejesus scared out of you? Do I? Yeah. Uh, AI Godfather Yan Lacoon wants us to forget some of the more far-fetched doomsday scenarios. You know, because all everybody's worried about AI taking over the world. He sees a different real threat on the horizon. The rise of power-hungry one-percenters who rob everyone else of AI's riches. Over the weekend, uh, Meta's chief AI scientist accused some of the most prominent founders of AI of, quote, fear-mongering and massive corporate lobbying, lobbying to serve their own interests. Well, isn't most of all the bad stuff in the world really done by 1% of the people? Yeah, probably. All yeah, right. Well, he, then that's, you know, this is not uh, this is not news. He named uh, OpenAI's uh, Sam Altman, Google's DeepMind's Dennis Hassabis, and Anthropic's Dario Amodi in a lengthy weekend post on X. Altman 
Hasabis and Amodi are one of the are the ones doing massive corporate lobbying at the moment. Uh, Lacoon wrote, referring to these founders' role in shaping regulatory conversations about AI safety. They are the ones who are attempting to perform a regulatory capture of the AI industry. He added uh, that he added that if these efforts succeed, the outcome would be a catastrophe. Catastrophe because only a small number of companies will control AI. But yet, if you leave it to everybody else, then you have all these other people trying to trick people. Look at how uh, look at how the internet worked out for everybody. Yeah, and that seemed like a pretty cool thing when it first came out, right? Well, there's a lot of bad stuff on the internet. Yeah, you know, uh, all kinds of ways in which someone can like steal your identity, uh, clear out your bank accounts, uh, you, you, what have you. The the internet that you and I use every day is not the internet that you have to worry about. The internet you have to worry about is that dark web where yeah. all that crazy stuff goes on that nobody's monitoring that and uh, you know all that 4chan stuff and whatnot yeah that, 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 that they were sharing you know how to make bombs and yeah uh, and, to, and know, anyone to, who knows what they're doing if they're really looking to do bad stuff yeah they're on the they're on the dark web they're not uh, necessarily going through say like a Google search Lacoon's uh, Le- comments came in response to a post on X from physicist Max Tegmark who suggested that Lacoon wasn't taking the AI doomsday argument seriously enough. Thanks to uh, these guys for realizing that AI risk arguments from Turing, Hinton, Bengio, Russell, Altman, Hassabis, and Amodai can't be refuted with snark and corporate lobbying alone, uh, Tegmark wrote, referring to the UK's upcoming global AI safety summit. Ooh, that's going to be a hard, that's going to be a good one. <clears throat> the AI safety summit. Since the launch of ChatGPT, AI's power players have become major public figures. ChatGPT was fun when it first came out, mm-hmm. and now it doesn't let you do anything. No. You know, whenever somebody, and it doesn't even really matter what it is, because it, it's always kind of the same thing. Whenever there's something that has the potential to be awful or to be used for pure evil, the ones that tell you we got nothing to worry about are usually the ones who are most invested in it working. Yeah. You know, like if a guy in this uh, in this group tells you, listen, uh, all the fear-mongering, it's uh, overblown, we got nothing to worry about AI, it's all going to work out fine. Well, who says that? The guy who's got the most to gain by having it work. Well, he also says it's a suicide race with this development of AI. Like who can create the most destructive computer? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, I've a number of people I've talked to about that sixty minutes piece a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, about the guy that pretty much developed all the software for artificial intelligence, and what the guy said what scared the living bejesus out of anyone who saw it, where he basically said, "I don't have any idea what this thing is going to learn from its own mistakes." Right. But that's the whole point of AI. He said, at some point, this could get way beyond us, and there'll be nothing to do but just sit there and take it. And watch it happen. Right. Now, how frightening does that sound coming from the guy that put it together in the first place? It's like, you know, once AI learns how to do stuff, it never forgets. Unlike a human being where you learn, like, trigonometry in high school. Well, you're not taking any of that home with you as soon as... As soon as you graduate, yeah, it's all all forgotten. AI doesn't do that. It continues to learn from things that go wrong, and then corrects it. 
Well, you know, if AI can help me do things uh, without me having to do them, I'm okay with it. That's that is a reasonable use of artificial intelligence. But yeah. when it comes to like, you know, destroying mankind for the purposes of its own power and uh, and uh, and ego, uh, well, I think that's a bad use of AI. I want AI to be powerful enough to fix the problem of uh, not having any baggers or at the uh, or clerks at the grocery store mm-hmm. or Walmart. So only because I want to see that guy on the Westfield Community Forum stop using the same joke week after week. Just became employee of the month for bagging my own groceries at Walmart. <laughs> you know, I think it'd be a good use of AI. What? Uh, to have artificial intelligence suddenly become in charge of my prior authorizations for my medications at a at a, oh, absolutely. At a uh, pharmacy. Rather than have to chase down uh, my medications every couple of months, this would take care of it for me because obviously artificial intelligence would probably do a better job than actual intelligence. Well, because uh, there's more people dedicated to your medical uh, Actually, it well-being. Seems, it seems like nobody's really dedicated to it. Well, that's what I'm saying. A computer yeah. would do that for you. Anyway, the, the, the risks that they're talking about include worker exploitation and data theft that generates profit for a handful of entities, according to the Distributed AI Research Institute. The focus on hypothetical dangers also divert attention away from the boring but important question of how AI development actually takes shape. Lacoon has described how people are hyperventilating about AI risk because they've fallen for what he describes as the myth of the hard takeoff. This is the idea that the minute you turn on a super intelligent system, humanity is doomed. But imminent doom is unlikely, he mm-hmm. argues, because every new technology, in fact, goes through a very ordered development process before a wider release. Okay, but can you teach a machine artificial intelligence about ethics? Or does artificial intelligence find ways of circumventing around ethical See, questions. That's what we don't know. See, but that's the whole point. Yeah. Unless unless you can provide it with some guidelines for its own ethical behavior and how it learns, I think you always have this risk that this could go very badly. But ethics are only as good as the people who are programming them. And ethics change from time to time and place to place and circumstance to circumstance. So what might be ethical here might not be the ethical guideline following in Argentina, for yeah. example, or any other uh, country I, on, in the face of the planet. I, I agree. And I've been saying from the very beginning, what might be right for you might not, not be right, right for some. some. Well, you know, a man is born. He's a man of means. And then along come two. They got nothing but the genes. But they got different strokes. I'm really glad we can have these intelligent conversations about intelligent artificial intelligence. What would you rather have? A conversation about artificial intelligence or a conversation between two guys that couldn't manage a single minute of intelligence between the two of them? I'd rather have the conversation about the bike shop guy who gave Dudley some ice cream and watched naked cartoons with him. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> what you talking about, Willis? What you talking about, Arnold? Uh, well, I left Dudley behind. He left Dudley there. I know. He what kind of friend him there is that? In the bike shop. God.
I never looked at Gordon Jump the same way. No, and in that episode of The Facts of Life where Blair had to, who had the eating issues? Wasn't, uh, I believe it was Blair. Blair? Yes. Yeah, and then uh, same on Growing Pains where Tracy had... Uh, she had them too. She had them too, and then she really had them in real life. It's art imitating it is. actual it, I, life. Isn't it weird? But of course, all of that could have been resolved by just a little bit of artificial intelligence. Yeah. What was another uh, sitcom that you found uh, a hard uh, topic being talked about? Oh, boy. Well, I mean, uh, you know, uh, when uh, when Colonel Blake died in MASH, I didn't see that one coming. No, you nobody know, saw that one coming. I mean, he seemed to be leaving, pretty happy to be going back to Indiana, and pow! He gets uh, shot down right over... Uh, Right over uh, the Korea. But wasn't all of MASH a very hard uh, episode? They just well, kind of added the laughs in there to make it funny. I think wartime laugh tracks really do say quite a lot about you know how seriously we take the war. Much like Hogan's Heroes. Man, that was a... F- you know, a Nazi POW camp, Sure, I'm sure, had a lot of laughs. You know what the funniest part about MASH was? They served 12 years in a three-year war. How did that happen? Lot, you know, jammed a lot of activity. <laughs> How do you do that? How do? I mean, I realize you know, war takes a lot out of you, but I mean, some of those people aged quite a lot in three years. In three years, yeah, yeah. I know. They were just kids when they started that show, and then they became old seventy-year-old men yeah. by the time, by the time, <laughs> by the time the war ended. And they were SAG-AFTRA members too. Yeah, which right. was, uh, you know, I think that's part of the GI that's Bill. You also things, get your yeah. SAG-AFTRA card. This is probably one of the stupidest conversations we've ever had. Again, yeah. artificial intelligence. What rules this show always has for 28 years and will continue today. Well, congratulations. It's 820 on Rock 102. Attention, football. 833 with Bax and Nagle on Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Technicians get up to a $5,000 sign-on bonus right now. Learn more at GaryRomeHyundai.com slash family. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Uh, thanks, Bax. A Springfield man was arrested on Saturday during a report of a disturbance involving a gun. Gun! According to the department, around 1.40 a.m., officers were called to Dwight Street Extension and saw a vehicle being chased by a person. Well, this isn't how this is supposed to go. So a dude was, like, running after the vehicle? Yeah, it was like Benny Hill style. With a little Benny Hill theme song. And he'd hide behind a tree, and then the car would pop out of a garage. And then and be like, like 15 people yeah, chasing yeah, after yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah. A little old man gets slapped in the head a bunch yeah, of times. Exactly. I love that. Uh, additional officers found the person later identified as 18-year-old Josiah Martinez of Springfield on Main Street. Martinez saw the police and attempted to sprint away, but tripped on Rutledge Avenue. Womp, womp. Whoopsie. Should have tied your shoes, dude. Oh, I see a lot of these kids walking around with not tying their shoes. Did you notice that? Yeah, you know, I've seen what that. is that? I don't know. It's the same. It's the same thing as like you know when your pants are down too low. I can't be comfortable. Maybe that's what it is. His pants were too low, and he had his shoes untied. I was trying to run away from the police. I know, but you know, if uh, when I uh, when I do anything athletic, and that is almost never, mm-hmm. my shoes have to be tied uh, reasonably tight. They, as they should. Yes. Uh, police were able to detain him, but he told officers he had a BB gun on him. However, they seized a loaded large-capacity firearm, and Martinez was placed under arrest. Well, maybe that's a BB gun to him. Mm, yeah. Maybe there was a larger-capacity firearm that he had, and then he got rid of it. This is the smaller one. Right. To him, it's a BB gun. 
He's being uh, charged with carrying a loaded large-capacity firearm in a public way and carrying a loaded firearm without a license. He's also being charged with the resisting arrest. He's <laughs> fighting that one, though. Wouldn't you? Um. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they got it on camera yeah. and they 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 have me uh, on video. Oh, he's dead. fighting my way out of it. A uh, 22 News viewer sent a video of two bears that were fighting over a pumpkin in their Sturbridge backyard. This isn't uh, the kind of fights we have here in Sturbridge. This is a Southbridge kind of thing. Why don't you move it down the line there, pal? <laughs> hey, uh, I mean, I've seen fist fights at the old Sturbridge Village. You know, like, like people are fighting over moccasins and saltwater taffy in the gift shop. Bully! It's a bully day! Uh, the viewer posted on their YouTube channel the video they captured of the two bears on their back legs fighting over the pumpkin. According to the viewer, they woke up to one of their outdoor pumpkins in a different spot and thought that it must have been a deer passing through who took a bite. Uh, then they looked outside and found the bears fighting. Which bear do you think won the fight? Pumpkins that are left outside. And they don't even say who won the fight. They just say pumpkins that are left outside could attract wildlife. According to Outdoor Hub, it's not unusual to see bears eating pumpkins, especially if they are relatively fresh. I wonder if they'd enjoy that herpy pumpkin on my front porch. The one with all the lesions all over it? All the lesions. Pumpkins are not hugely desirable to bears, especially since carved ones provide a little of the nutritious flesh that is the most desirable part of the fruit. Right. Plenty of other wildlife, such as raccoons, birds, and even butterflies, also enjoy eating pumpkins when they are available. How would the uh, bears feel about a good pumpkin pie? I don't know if they'd like the pumpkin pie. Really? Yeah. I would think, I mean, I love a good pumpkin pie. My dog ate the uh, pumpkin pie Barry brought over my house last year. That's... Barry uh, donated me uh, to me, hey, I have this pumpkin pie. And then... Uh, and the dog ripped into the it? The dog ate it. That dog is nothing but trouble. But you know what? He didn't even eat the whole thing. He just took a few bites of it and left it there. Probably because he didn't like pumpkin. Dogs actually like pumpkin. In fact, uh, when they've got stomach issues, really? vets will say, you know, like a like you know, canned pumpkin is good for the uh, the intestinal yeah, tract. Yeah, but not pumpkin pie. You're not. It's good for my intestinal you tract. You think so? Absolutely. That's. Kind but of- if it's got dog slobber all over it, I'm going to get something. I'll get another dessert. I'm not a big pumpkin fan. Although Barry gave me uh, pumpkin bread that wasn't bad, but I can't eat a lot. See, I I, I, like, a, I like a good pumpkin pie. A pump, I'm not a big pumpkin pie. If I'm going to eat pie, it's going to be, uh, what's that, pecan pie. I like a good pecan pie. See, that's pie. a little too sweet for me. That's like, the, that's like my least favorite pie. I just like a sliver of it. I like to order the giant one from Costco, take one little sliver of it, and then throw the rest, rest away. What's the point of getting a pie that big? Uh, so I can take a TikTok video of it and send it over to those kids in Ethiopia going, ha, <laughs> look what I'm look having, what I did. and you can't. And you can't. <laughs> uh, this, this I, I is, didn't realize you were using it yeah, for good. Yeah, this is the guy that should be representing the open pantry for the <laughs> thing, too. According to uh, Mass.gov, there are 4,500 black bears across the Commonwealth, making it not uncommon to see one walking through your yard. Black bears have become uh, more active and are searching for food during springtime in western Massachusetts. Well, well it's fall now. So. I don't know if you're aware of this, but the, uh, the the first rule of bear fight club is that there is no bear fight club. No. We just like to kick each other's ass every once in a while over a pumpkin. I got to tell you, the video is is hysterical. It is pretty funny that it's, they're like fighting over the jack-o'-lantern. They're not even fighting fair. You know, like kicking each other, uh, you know, yeah. you know, throwing haymakers at each other.
What's up? You got something to say? Where are you from? Cuz. Yeah, where are you from, cuz? <laughs> <laughs> Look at you, you chump. Yeah, who are you calling a chump? Yeah. Chump? Yeah, you know what? I do crap in the woods, and I crap bigger than you. How Ooh, about that? Yeah. man, that's oh, good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, when the yeah. bears start really calling each other out. Yeah, well, you know that tree that fell down and nobody was around to hear it? I heard it. <laughs> They're just doing bear flexes back and forth to each other. Look, a picnic basket. Pow! That's when you hit him oh, right in the yeah, suck. Yeah, right, right in the suck. Right, oh, to get right there right in the juice. That's where you get him. Two bears going at it over a pumpkin. Usually it was chicks. Remember hey. it used to be chicks? I know. But, you know, like uh, I've seen fights get started over much less than a pumpkin. Have you? Yes. Like what? What else? Well, that's my bar stool. No, it's not. Does it got your name on it? I don't need my name on it. You're in my bar stool. Yeah. I don't see you anywhere around it. We're just doing bear stuff over here. That's all I want to do. I want to do bear stuff, and you're bothering me because you want this pumpkin. Go get your own pumpkin. I'm telling you. Isn't there another house nearby where he could go get his own pumpkin? Was alcohol involved in this fight? I'm, I, 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 you had to be. Starts a lot of fights. This uh, bear uh, is drinking Jägermeister. If a bear doesn't like pumpkin, yeah. it's certainly not going to like a bottle of Jaeger. Can you imagine going like like the bear in the backyard of a after Halloween party? Remember we went to a Halloween party and there was like an ice luge and yeah. there was all this beer pong? You think they'd start playing the beer pong and doing the ice luge? No, I don't think so. Why not? I think they just go right for what they're looking for. You don't uh, you don't think they're going to be pouring any uh, gold schlager down the ice luge no. while the other bear is sitting there going, "Look, it's got gold flakes in it." Uh, Steve, they're going to go right for the keg. Oh, it's the only that, purpose of they're in the party anyway. Going for the keg. Yes, they're gonna fight over the keg. They're gonna fight. They're not gonna. They're not gonna bother using cups. Are they tap the keg for Oktoberfest like uh, <laughs> Dom Sarno does? <laughs> Don't know if there'll be a tapping of the bear keg. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today is gonna be sunny with a high of fifty. Tomorrow rainy with a high of forty-three. It's thirty-four right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock One Hundred Two. Ah, yeah. We see the world for more than what. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 847 and the Foo Fighters with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Well, it's just about that time where the ribs are sitting in. <laughs> in the studio with us right now, it's always a pleasure to welcome back Judy Matt from the Spirit of Springfield. Welcome. This is a busy time for you. Mm, yeah, it is very busy. Going yeah. into uh, Bright Nights and the Bright Nights Ball and all those other good things. But the uh, the reason you're here, and this is actually uh, this is actually very very nice. The uh, the September 11th uh, monument in Springfield at the at the riverfront. Uh, you've uh, put together a book that talks about not only September 11th but also the process of getting that memorial built and everything else. Tell me about the tell me about the book. Well, you know, it's a booklet. I don't want to make it more than it is, but it's just very heartfelt. And I keep saying it's small, but it's mighty. It talks about you know something about 9/11, but then what we went through to get the, the piece of steel, getting it here, and everything the process to get it, a site for it, to raise $350,000, but to put it, um, you know, to make it. And then uh, the park department allowing us to go into Riverfront Park. And it's one of those things, it's like kind of closes the circle a little. Mm -hmm. It's a leave behind. And um, so people will know what it is because it's really unfortunate. People forget, but look what we're going through right now. You know, and we have got to, you know, pay attention yeah. so yeah. that we don't get into what we have and the, and the hatred and everything that follows something like this, you know, like what we have going on. Sure. I'm not going to get political, but that's what happened. So 
we uh, sent letters out to all the people that helped us dedicated the police commissioner of New York, the mayor of New York, the fire commissioner, and they're all sending us beautiful letters, uh, you know, remembering and thanking us for remembering, and yeah. it's uh, heartfelt. So you got yeah. you, you gave us a couple of uh, letters that uh, received, particularly uh, the police commissioner in New York, uh, Edward Cabin, uh, about you know, about this. Uh, about your effort here and it's actually yeah. a very very nice letter that he uh, that he sent i'm like amazed that they got a hold of us and he sent me some items and um because they really like it says time will not diminish what they went through mm-hmm. and if you read it it says you know the uh, the greatest salvage and recovery of anything we've ever done in the united states and hopefully it'll never happen again but they're really heartfelt so it means something to them it's always meant something to me. I get very, very, I'm very um, moved by this. Don't ask me. Perhaps it's the largest thing that happened in my lifetime, mm-hmm. the most impactful. You, yeah. you wonder what it is, but certainly all the loss of life. Uh, uh, and <clears throat> this is a very heartfelt letter, and it's not just like something that was uh, <clears throat> like a standard response right. that right. they send to anybody yeah. who who does yeah. this thing. This is really a really nice detailed yeah. message took from the, the time uh, to actually write yeah. you know right from the heart. Oh, right. gee. Really neat. Really nice and then he sent me a NYPD hat which um I have one from the Port Authority that I've had in my house. I have these deer in my house and I hang them on the deer and I still have the Port Authority and I'm hoping they'll send me another one. You have a whole petting zoo in your house, don't you? <laughs> Almost right you do. Now. It feels like that. <laughs> Uh, Bright Nights is, is going to open up uh, real Wednesday soon. Wednesday before Thanksgiving. That's uh, yeah. what, like uh, 22 days away from today? I know it feels like it. And it's going to be wonderful. It's yeah. going to be wonderful. And the good thing, and you folks were there for the suds for Santa. Mm-hmm. We're going to have Santa every single night up until um, Christmas Eve when he has to leave, obviously. But uh, we've got him in every single night. So thanks for being there that night. You're one of our celebrity uh, bart- actually, you're more hosts than bartenders, but everyone that came really did their piece, and it was good. A couple of hours, and it went. Yeah, I thought it went by pretty quickly. So, and I thought everybody had a good time. So. Sa- Santa had a real problem with me talking about him on the radio. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He taught me, you know, uh, he likes uh, good boys, but he also doesn't like boys who go on the radio and say suggest that he might have. You know, hit Rudolph, and that's why he oh, has, a, yeah. has a red nose. I see. I see oh, yeah. I didn't hear that. <laughs> yeah, but but he gave me the he gave me the good, the the good boy coin anyway. Oh, yeah, that's sweet. Yeah. Good boy. I, I suggested the reason we were raising funds was to uh, to figure out a solution to a contract dispute with the Spirit of Springfield, and it says that was not the case. Yeah, it's out to arbitration. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just how we think. Yes. That's, that's, yeah. that's that how was we funny. Go. Though. I like that a lot. <laughs> But well, that was but that was a lot of fun, and the and the bright nights ball. We, you and I were talking about it just a, like a, a week or two ago. Yeah. Uh, that unlike other bright nights ball, uh, you know, events that you've done over the years, this one sold out months ago in May. Completely Incredible. Sold out. Yeah. Wow. So we're very fortunate. I don't want to be boast be boastful about it because you know next year something else could happen. But we're very fortunate. We're five hundred and twenty guests, and we have forty more guests. That we have had to say no to so wow yeah so That's i'm amazing. very very grateful it's a nice night people have a good time and show the city off and, well, and the, you always do a nice job uh, yeah. decorating the room and everything like that yeah the um <laughs> yeah, that's you know i mean uh you know, granted mgm uh you know that facility is it's a beautiful room and yeah. the way they the way it all gets done yep always breathtaking but uh you know more importantly there's a million different 
moving parts to whenever you have an event of that scale. Yep. Yep, and right. the fact that nobody leaves there feeling like they got dis- you know disappointed is pretty is pretty remarkable. Oh yeah, we we try very hard. People pay good money to come, and uh, we want them to leave feeling like they got their money's worth, and they had a great time in celebrating the city and the holiday coming forth. So it's you know I love it, you know, and you know yeah. you got to do it every year, and you got to raise the bar, you know, you continue to do that. You got to do that. Oh, yeah. Are we still uh, yes, on still the auction? Are. Oh yeah, you're doing the auction. You're going to auction off. It's called MJ. It, it's in New York City at the um, in on Broadway, and it's the Michael Jackson show just opened up. We got oh. front row. Is he going to be there? Center. Oh, if he is, I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. Front row, center, and uh, it's going to be great tickets with rooms and. Um, is it what is it like one of those hologram shows? What is uh, is or is or just it like, the music of uh, yeah. Michael oh, the Jackson. musical? Yeah, oh, the musical. Yeah, I, that's you know cool. What? I don't know enough about it. I apologize, but it's uh, supposed to be great. You know, we got Hamilton the first year that came out. We have yep. someone that gets us these great seats, and this year we got Bushnell tickets. Oh, we got cool. uh, so many good things and an ounce of gold because it's called um, oh, Gilded Glamour, and uh, so we have some fun things. What about know? Taylor Swift tickets? No, you can get those. To ours, to the movie, I yeah, can get them. To the movie, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I went to the movie a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we, we all did. I thought it was great. And, you know, she really gave people their money's worth. You know, it's not- For $20, she gave you money's worth. For yeah, for $2,000, that's, that's going to be a yeah. tough sell. You're right. But for $20, it was it was nice. It was long for me sitting in the seat, but it was, like, really great. And I, I was just amazed with all the production. Yeah. It was pretty cool, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I'm going again. Did, did your daughters like it? Yeah, we're going again on Friday. Yeah, I talked to two people that they brought. They went to it, and then they brought their daughters to it, to the movie. Really? And um, but I tell you, it was uh, when you saw them come out with those huge fans or whatever they were. And then one of the girls that works for me, she went the night in Boston. I think it was Boston where they had the heavy rain. Yeah. She said all they were doing was squeegeeing the floors and getting. The, that's how deep the water was. I said, what happened to those huge things they came out with? No, whatever it was, the water ran off them. But she said she'd go again in a heartbeat. That's how good, you know, she gave people a good show. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, you know what? Even better show, The Bright Nights, Paul. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah, of thank course. You. And actually, Bright Nights is a better uh, show than all of it. <laughs> a little bit more, you know, it's not as expensive. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so here's the thing that, uh, that bewilders me. Okay. How many years now is Bright Nights? This is the 29th year. Okay. The 29th All right. year. Now, why is it the 29th? Did you miss a year? Did you no. stop? We were very, very lucky because we went to the governor and they gave us permission to do Bright Nights during COVID. And that's when we went to the, uh, you know, the you had to go online and show your phone. Yeah. Other than that, we have never missed one year. We were very lucky. Okay. 95. So, and this is, so the 28th ball, if that confused you, because we started the ball the year after. Ah, okay. Because okay. what we did is we paid for the holiday lights downtown with the ball. Right. We did the bridge and a couple of other things with the ball. I mean, sorry, with the ball. But then we said, you know, we need the ball for us. So right. that was what we were doing. By the way, it's going to be all new Lights for the bridge, wait till you see them. They've arrived, and uh, they're going to be installed in time for the ball. So if you have a chance, right over the bridge. They are, they're 14 feet tall. They're, they wow. go over, they're big oval over the um, over the lamp poles. Oh, that's, that's cool. cool. Very that's cool. neat. I can't wait to see that. Well, yeah. you know why? Yeah. Because you can't have something, an arm going out, and it's not that far from the pole to the curb, and you got trucks and everything uh, going uh, over there. Judy, so. there's arms sticking out on that bridge. <laughs> it's not from the decoration, <laughs> oh, but there's arms out oh, there. Gee. Yeah. <laughs> 
Anyway, we were up there measuring, and you just have to safety. And these are huge, and they, they're like halos, we call them. Oh, that's cool. I can't wait yeah. to see that. That's they awesome. Are beautiful. Be they are beautiful. And uh, where again can you uh, pick up this lovely book? Well, we're going to, you can order them online. We're not mm-hmm. going to have them, at the, we're giving them away at the ball. Mm-hmm. And we're going to just uh, introduce it Thursday, and we're not going to give them out to anyone Thursday. So um, I'm just very proud of it. And you know, uh, the people that are going to talk is like uh, Will Armet, who picked up the piece. Yeah. And Chris Marion, who photographed it all this time. Yeah. That's who's going to talk, speak on Thursday. But it's going to be at the Armory, this announcement. The Armory at MGM at 11 o'clock, and we're having a whole art show before of all the pictures that Chris Marion did. He's installing it all uh, Wednesday, and then if, some, if somebody wants to come down, or just or it's only going to be like a 40-minute program, but you might want to come down. It's going to be very moving. Sounds, sounds great. Yeah, We'd sounds love great. to have you and come see See awesome. Judy Matt from the Spirit of Springfield, thank you very much. Good to see you thank as always. You. Thank you. All right. It's 858 to Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 9-11 and Cheap Trick with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Sunny with a high of 50 today. It's 34 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, the Mayflower Marathon, believe it or not, is, what did I say, 20 days away? Mm-hmm. Something ridiculous like that. 20 days away from today. The 30th annual Mayflower Marathon. Three days prior to Thanksgiving, we'll start things off on Monday the 20th at 6 a.m. It goes until Wednesday the 22nd at 10 a.m. just outside the South End Market at MGM Springfield outside the parking garage. The goal this year, unlike other years where we tried to fill uh, three big giant moving trailers full of food, mm-hmm. this year we're doing four because Uh-oh. the need for uh, for uh, the open pantry is that much greater. And we're setting ourselves up for disaster. No, we're not, Steve. I think we're setting ourselves up for great success, maybe even the best we've ever done. Well, let's hope so. That's what I'm hoping for. Get your collection going at work, school, home, or around the neighborhood. You can even donate online at rock102.com. Thanks to all of our sponsors, including Capital Moving and Storage, Xfinity, Camping World of West Hatfield, Affordable Waste Solutions, and MGM Springfield, and many, many more. To get all the details, go to rock102.com. You want to hear about a guy in Florida? What he does for Halloween? Mm -hmm. A guy in Florida was arrested on Sunday while dressed as a banana. He's a student at the University of Miami, but it happened in Key West. Someone flagged down a cop and said a man in a banana costume was peeing on the side of a building. So he whipped out his banana while dressed as a banana. That's bananas. That is bananas. The uh, banana turned out to be 20-year-old Kyle Mortimer. Mortimer? (laughs) Pork bellies. Like Uh, you would find in a bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwich. (laughs) And the dumbest part was he was right across the street from a row of porta-potties. It must have been a long pee because he was still going when the cop walked up to him. Then Kyle took off and started to run in a zigzag pattern, making it harder to catch him. He was a slippery banana. A slippery banana. Another cop uh, managed to grab him by the peel, apparently. Uh-huh. Uh, Kyle twisted away, but they eventually got him into custody. He's facing uh, charges for disorderly conduct and resisting arrest. And yes, he was still in the banana costume when they took him in for the uh, mug shot, and that's up yeah. on the smoking gun. How uh, how difficult is it to get in and out of this banana costume? It's probably not that easy because it looks like it's a full, you know, full-on bodysuit. So, in other words, it makes sense that he wouldn't necessarily use the porta potty because well, he'd have to take a portion of it off. Probably, but he's got a chiquita hole <laughs> where the sticker is. Isn't that way he said, "Come, Mister Tally Man, tally me banana." <laughs> 
I think Harry Belafonte had a little bit of a, a little bit of something something going on there. It's nine fourteen. Rock one hundred two.